Prepare your heart to receive another powerful message by David Harabedian, recorded live. Well, tonight, we're going to talk about triple alignment. Triple alignment. David, what is triple alignment? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because we're going to talk tonight about triple alignment. Because even as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit represent one God in perfect alignment. If you'll turn with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. We're going to get into a flow tonight. Say flow. Flow. <laughs> 1 John, little John in the back by the book of Revelation says this, 1 John 5, 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Verse 8, And there are three that bear record in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three are one. So the Father, the Word, Jesus is the Word made flesh, and the Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, bear witness in heaven. And these three are one. They don't disagree, they agree. Since we're made in His image and likeness, we're a trichotomous being or a three-part being. We're not three people. We're one person. We're made up of three parts. God is one God. Ice Water and steam are all H2O, are they not? Right. Well, which is H2O? Say yes. yes. <laughs> Ice, water, and steam are all H2O. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are all God. Yes. And you have a spirit. You, 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 you are a spirit. You have a soul. And you live in a body. Well, which one of you is you? Say yes. 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 And these three are one. I don't look to you and I say, oh, well, you know, you have a really nice soul. Could you leave that at home? You've got to take it with you. You have to bring it. Because we travel as one. Triple alignment. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in perfect alignment. God the Father spoke the Word. And out of His mouth came the Word. And Jesus is the Word made flesh. And the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth and manifested or brought into existence that which was spoken. Without the Holy Ghost, the Word would have been of none effect. Without the Father speaking, nothing would have come out. And without the... You see how they all work as one. one. Have you ever seen on a cold winter morning steam coming off of a pond? And the steam is coming off the pond. And there's water in the pond, but it's also a cold morning and there's ice in the pond. So you have ice in the pond, you have water in the pond, and you have steam coming. But which is H2O? Say yes. yes. God is calling us as spirit beings with a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind, your will, and your emotions, and that you live in a body. He's calling us to get into alignment, triple alignment, mm -hmm. with Him. 
You can be in alignment in one area of your life and out of alignment in another. Let me give you an illustration. I know people that don't know God. Yet, they're in perfect physical shape. Why? They eat right. They obey the laws of God. Even though they don't believe in God, they might even think His last name is something else. You might have heard it in the gym. Right? But they understand that when they're in alignment with God's Word, they may not understand it mentally, but we understand when they're in alignment with God's Word, what happens is this. God's Word works even for the non-believer. Isn't that something? Just like the Word will work against a believer when they disobey it. Because He's framed the world with His Word. You work the Word, the Word will work for you. You work against the Word, and the Word will work against you. Okay. You can either fall on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ and be broken, or the rock will fall on you and you will be crushed. Scripture? Word? But God wants the Word to work for you and me. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you've rejected knowledge, I have rejected you as my Priests. Wow. Word? Word. There's a good side to this message. It's coming. But we have to establish these things. Scripture says, Jesus speaking. Anybody know Jesus? He said, A house divided against itself cannot stand. True? Well, what is a house divided against itself? Might I say that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God dwells in you, 1 Corinthians 3.16. If you're a temple and the Holy Ghost dwells in you and you are a house divided against yourself, can you stand against the enemy? Hmm. Illustration. Have you ever been praying and the tag in the back of your shirt seems to be bothering you? And you got an ache or a pain in your knee or your lower back. And your body is not praying. But your spirit's praying. And your soul is thinking about problems. Oh, I poured my soul out unto the Lord. Sometimes we won't pour our soul out unto the Lord. We just whine. And so since our soul's not poured out, our soul's not filled up. Wow. With him. Wow. If you have a cup of tea and you want a cup of orange juice, you have to pour the tea out before you can receive an infilling of something sweeter. Wow. Something healthier, maybe. The point is this until we pour our souls out, he won't fill it up. So your body is one direction thinking about its pains, its irritations. It wants to go eat. It wants to go sleep. Your soul is now thinking about financial problems, wife problems, thinking about business problems, thinking about that person who offended you. See, the Holy Spirit has brought those things to the surface so that you can pour your soul out. So you can now receive the mind of Christ, so to speak. Because really, you already have the mind of Christ. It's just your mind is blocking His. And your spirit can be engaged, but your soul is across town. Your body wants to go to sleep or hit the refrigerator. 
And if you ever notice when you pray like that, your house divided against itself that can't stand in prayer. Two minutes, five minutes, and finally you just, okay, the egg timer went off, I got my 15 minutes in, but you really never connected with God and you know it. And you rise from the situation the same as you went down on your knees in prayer. Why? Because you were divided. And a house divided against itself can't stand against the devil, it can't stand against the world, and it can't stand against itself because it's fighting itself. It's not in unity. Could you imagine Jesus fighting the Father in His mission to save mankind? Or the Holy Ghost saying, what do you mean, Lazarus, come forth? I'm, not, I'm busy right now. I'm not really planning on raising the dead right now. Well, the Father told me to say it. Yeah, but you know, you remember what happened back in eternity past. You guys offended me. Now, just see, thinking about it, that's blasphemous to say that. To think about it that way, isn't it? Yet, we do it, but we're made in His image and likeness. And we do it every day of our lives. We come out of church praising the Lord. Hallelujah. We're driving home. Somebody cuts us off. Instantly, we lose our Holy Ghost. I'm saying. The Hawaiian good luck sign might come up. (laughs) And we're like, how did that happen? House divided against itself. Cannot stand. Triple alignment. He wants our spirits in alignment with Him. He wants our souls, our mind, our will and emotion focused on Him. He wants our bodies to line up. Here's the illustration. God calls your spirit king. Your soul is servant. And your body is slave. Your spirit is made in the image and likeness of the king of kings. Your priests and kings under your God. Word? Okay. So your spirit is master. Your soul follows the leading of your spirit. And your body must submit as slave. But here's what's happened. Our body has been treated like king. Our soul has been treated like servant. And our spirit has been enslaved. And that's why we lack power with God. That's why we can't properly represent or represent Jesus in the earth. Because we're not being led by the Spirit. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons or mature sons and daughters of God. Romans 8, 14 and 15. We are called to be led by the Spirit. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I acted like a child. But when I became an adult, when I became a man or a mature weas, I put away childish things. I said, body, flesh, nature, sarks, and the original Greek, you're slave. And you're going to submit. I'm not going to submit. I control you. That's it. I'm not eating for the next three days till you silence yourself. Because you serve me, I don't serve you. See, your body makes a great servant, but a terrible master. Your body makes a great servant, 
but a terrible master. And when you get your body into the servant or slave position, should I say, what happens is this. Now all of a sudden, everything else begins to flow. When your body's in alignment in right diet, right health, right sleep patterns, right exercise, you're healthy. When your soul's in alignment, reading the Word, communicating with God, He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Him, you're happy. When your spirit's in alignment, you're holy. So when your body's in alignment, you're healthy. Your soul's in alignment, you're happy. When your spirit's in alignment, you're holy. Your spirit is king. Your soul is servant. And your body is slave. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 The Apostle Paul penned these words through his first century pen from a prison cell. He said, And the very God of peace, the very God of shalom, may He sanctify you wholly or completely. And I pray God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that God would preserve you blameless. Your whole spirit and soul and body were a trichotomous being. Three part. We're made in His image and likeness. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul, and body. Those that worship Him must worship Him in flesh? No. Spirit. And in truth, John 4.24, He revealed the mystery of worship to a woman at the well who was a Samaritan. A Jew rabbi shows up in Samaria, the town of the half-breeds or half-Gentile, half-Jew. They're rejected by the Gentiles because they're half-breed Jews. They're rejected by the Jews because they're half-breed Gentiles. They're in no man's land. They've got their own city. They're outcasts. And in walks the rabbi. Jesus of Nazareth, who said this, I must needs go through Samaria. I've got to go out of my way because there's an appointment I have in Samaria. Who's it with? A woman who's had five husbands. Where am I going to see her at? I saw her in a vision last night. And I'm going to see her at the well. And I'm going to ask her to draw water for me. I'm going to do something contrary to the law because I'm led to this by the Spirit. Because there's about to be a paradigm shift in a city of people that have been rejected in no man's land by Gentiles and by Jews. It's not fair because in Christ we're neither Jew nor Greek nor slave nor free nor male nor female but we're one in Christ. And if any man be in Christ he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold all things are become new. My friends in Taiwan they minister at a church there and in that church there are people there that are unaccepted at that church because they're not Taiwanese born. But they live in Taiwan. So they come from another nation. And so since they're not of Taiwanese descent, they're looked at a little bit askance. Which means they don't get the best jobs in Taiwan because they don't qualify. Not because they're not good at the job or even better, but it's a spirit of racism. They're kind of like mulattoes or Samaritans. Half-breeds. I've got news for you. It doesn't matter what you come from, your ethnicity, 
your background, your socioeconomic position, your educational background. It doesn't matter whether you come from a bloodline of drug addicts, whoremongers, murderers, because when you came through the womb of a woman, you were blessed and whole. And when you come to Christ, you're instantly holy. And you're sin free. And you've got a new beginning. Begin to see yourself as Christ sees you. Because He sees you as a priest and a king unto your God. He lives in you. Would the King of glory put His Holy Spirit within you unless you qualify? And how did you qualify? Because you received Him. He knocked on the door of your heart and you said, I'm ready. Come in and change me because I can't change myself. And He says, I love you so much. 2,000 years ago, I gave my life for you. I was looking through the telescope of prophecy from eternity past and I saw your face. I loved you so much. I gave my life for you on the cross. Seeing you, I took it for you. Now I want to come live in you. Clean you up. Put your feet on solid ground. And I want you to carry me into the earth and let others know about my love. There was a woman that was an attractive young black girl. And it was during the days of slavery. And there was a slave auction. And during the slave auction, her number came up. And the men were grabbing her inappropriately, planning on what they were going to do with her. And as she went up on the auction block, without power to change the situation, people were hollering, And out of the back, a man yells a bid three times more than any slave had been purchased for that day. Everyone turned around and looked. It silenced everyone. Because they realized whatever they bid, this man was going to bid more. And it was triple that of anything else offered. Going once, going twice, going three times, sold to the man in back. Nobody knew who he was. He simply walked up. He grabbed the slave girl. She had a rope around her hands. And he said, please come with me. And she spit in his face. He looked at her. He grabbed a hanky from his coat and he wiped it off. Put it back in. Gently brought her down. He paid for her. She looked at him with disdain. He signed the papers. He now owned her for the rest of her life. He signed on the papers. He unroped her hands. And he handed her the manumission papers. And he says, here, these are for you. She says, what is this? He said, These are your manumission papers. As long as you have these papers, no man 
can ever enslave you again. She said, I, I, I don't understand. He says, you're free. He says, I bought you to set you free. And she said, you bought me to set me free. You bought me to set me free? As she began to repeat that, the reality of it started to set in. And she began to laugh. You bought me to set me free? And he said, yes. She says, I will serve you forever. And that's how it is when we get back into alignment with God. He bought us on Calvary's tree. Not to enslave us, but to liberate us. He bought us to set us free. He bought us back from the devil. That which Adam had lost and sold in the Garden of Eden at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil with his wife named Eve. The mother and father of creation in the natural. Jesus bought us to set us free with His life on the tree. Triple alignment. He bought you and me to set us free, to realign us. Because we were out of alignment. We were a mess. And when we get saved, our spirit is instantly in alignment with God. Since you're a three-part being, when you get saved, when you get born again, when Jesus Christ comes in to live in you, you're one-third perfect instantly. It's the other two-thirds He's working on. And this is why we may not look so good at times in the body of Christ. Because there's still soul wounds in our soul from trauma that's happened in our life. And here's what happens. When we don't have a soul that's completely healed, even though Jesus paid the price for that too, we start doing things that are irrational. Things that Jesus would never do. Somebody led by the Spirit would never do. And then people look at you, you're a Christian? And then we begin to question our own salvation. Well, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man could boast. It's a free gift of God. However, our souls are being saved. Glory to God. Mm. Receiving the end of your faith, James 1.21, I believe, even the saving of your souls. Though the outward man perishes, the inward man, your spirit, is renewed day by day. Though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. Your inward man is renewed by God. You're in good shape. You're not in any concern regarding your salvation. That's something God does and you're a third perfect because He lives in you. But He wants to get out of your spirit and flood your soul and come out of your hands and your mouth and your eyes so other people can see Him. He's looking for a few good men and women that He can trust to carry Him into the earth. He's looking for some soldiers in the army of the Lord. Amen. 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 And the enemy of your soul is looking for some soldiers too that can have it and also express Himself through. Oh yeah. The question is, who are you yielding to? Oh my goodness. In the book of Genesis, chapter 4, Cain and Abel, 
One is serving God in spirit, soul, and body. His name is Abel. His sacrifice was acceptable unto the Lord. Genesis chapter 4. Let's just look there. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. Notice she conceived once but gave birth twice. Does that indicate twins? Hmm. Can't just read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. Say nugget. Wow. So they're twin brothers from the same womb. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground and offering unto the Lord. You know what the word in the process of time means? At the end of days. Meaning after the whole harvest was in is when he came to bring the offering. He gave a last fruits offering. Okay, okay. Wow. Have to read the Bible. Wow. Yes. Wow. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and unto his last fruits offering by sight, mm -hmm. after he knew everything he had, mm -hmm. wow. he had no respect. None. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Art thou wroth? Why is thou countenance fallen? Quick illustration here. When you have a pizza, mm -hmm. and it's hot, and you open it up, and you've got you and a couple of others that are going to devour that pizza, and somebody walks into the room, uh -oh. and they're not invited. Oh, Lord. And now you're wondering, do we have enough pizza? <laughs> what do we do? Say dilemma. 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 And you kind of wave at them, hey, didn't know you were coming. Oh, I, I just thought I'd stop by. Is this a bad time? Oh, yeah. um, well, we were just sitting down to eat. Oh, well, I don't really want to disturb you. <laughs> well, if we have anything left over. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Jesus walks into the room. Oh, Lord. You're sitting down to eat pizza. <laughs> well, Lord, we were just sitting down to eat. If we'd have known you were coming, we would have got, got the bigger one. Matter of fact, you know, I mean, we might be able to order a personal pan pizza on the side. Right. You don't happen to have your debit card on you, do you, Jesus? I've got my square card reader I can plug into my iPhone and swipe it. Uh, <coughs> what? <laughs> People do that. Especially at college. Wow. So a first fruits offering is I don't know if I'm going to have enough for everybody. I don't know how thick these pieces are. I don't know how hungry everybody is. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to give you the first Peace yes. out of the pie. Yes. And if we have enough afterwards, Fine. we have enough. Yes. If not, oh, we're going to live by faith, oh, yes. not by sight. Yes. And so Abel brought the firstlings of his offering, yeah, yeah. not knowing how much more they would produce. Yeah, yeah. 
But what if there's famine? What if there's disease? What if we have mad cow, hoof and mouth disease, and this is the only thing we have, and we gave it unto the Lord? Brother, you need to be a realist. How can you give God 10% not knowing? Oh, I'm on some toes now. Amen or ouch, little of both? Hallelujah, you're a heretic, I gotta preach it. We're talking about triple alignment. Yes, yes, yes. With my spirit, I want to give. But my soul starts to think, and my flesh is like, uh uh-uh, uh, that's all for me. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Yes, yes. And so you give that first piece of pizza unto the street person. When you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me, Jesus said. Enter into the rest of my Father. I was in prison and you came unto me. I was sick and you visited me. I was hungry and thirsty and you gave me food and drink. I was naked and you clothed me. Lord, when did we do this unto you? We never saw you naked or clothed. And you had that nice one seamless Versace outfit. I mean, you were looking good, man. You multiplied fish and loaves. You never lacked for anything. Whenever you did it not unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it not unto me, you goats. Go into everlasting darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. The difference between the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25 is simply this. What they did and did not do. Wow. Wow. Selah. Pause and reflect. The difference between the sheep and the goats was based simply on what they did and did not do. Faith is an action. Show me your faith by what you do. Show me your works. I'll tell you where your faith is at. I can look in your checkbook and tell you where your faith is at. I didn't plan going here tonight. You know, this isn't really my style. But it must be needful that I speak and I must needs go through Samaria on this matter. God is no respecter of persons. He will bless one just like the other. Mm. Anyway, Cain, at the end of days, in the process of time, brought the leftover slices of pizza with his full belly. I know it's a little cold, but it's got the same protein content. It's good. You want a piece? Wow. No. Thank you anyway. Wow. I'm the king of kings and lord of lords. I have the gold and the silver and the cattle of a thousand hills. I don't need your leftovers. Wow. I don't need you to walk by sight. I need you to walk by faith and believe me at my word so that then I can unveil the blessings that I really had for you. Because if you're faithful with little, I'll give you authority over more. He who is unfaithful with little will be unfaithful with much. Therefore, I've had to withhold the blessings. I've had to withhold the rain. I've had to keep the windows of heaven shut up. Wow. I really had no plan on going here. 
And this is what's interesting. Let me tell you what a last fruits person is. They become angry at the person who's walking by faith. And they end up with a murderous spirit with their tongue. They sneak on their brother in the field and try to kill him. In one way or another. And this is what they say. After they've done the deed, either with their tongue, with their actions, with their thoughts, the Lord comes to them. Where's your brother Abel? Well, am I, your, am I my brother's keeper? If you're not, you're going to be your brother's killer. The man who walks by faith is led by his spirit. His soul follows his spirit and his body is in slave position carrying them wherever the spirit within man tells them to go and that spirit communicates with the Holy Spirit who never speaks anything of his own, only that which he hears. And the Son is the one he listens to because that's the Word and the Word proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. (coughs) Triple alignment. When your body's in alignment, you're healthy. When your soul's in alignment, you're happy. When your spirit's in alignment, you're holy. Amen. Does this make sense? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay. Ecclesiastes 4.11 Again, if two lie down together, they shall have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You really want to be strong against the adversary? You want to be strong against temptation? A threefold cord, your spirit, your soul, your body, in alignment with God, will cause you to be impervious to temptation, to be impervious to so many things that would come your way by the world, the flesh, or the devil. And you'll have authority over the enemy instead of the enemy having an inroad into your life. He's looking for something out of alignment. Here's the illustration. When you're in the secret place of the Most High, you dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. And the Psalms 91 promises, we often quote them. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Though a thousand fall by my side and ten thousand by my right hand, it shall not come near me. I will only see with my eyes and behold the destruction of the wicked. Yes. I will say of the Lord, He's my rock and my salvation. I will not fear the arrow that flieth by day nor the pestilence that cometh by night. Who are those promises for? For those that are in the secret place. Those that are in the secret place shall dwell under the shadow or the protective edge of the Almighty. Yeah, yeah. He will say of the Lord, because I'm in alignment, I'm not in the outer courts in my Christian experience. I'm not in the inner courts. I'm in the Holy of Holies in the secret place where no demon can come. Oh, this is good. So a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Your spirit... Isaiah 65, 14, Behold, my servants shall sing for joy of heart, but ye shall cry for sorrow of heart, and shall howl for vexation of spirit. When you're out of alignment of God, you can get vexed. Uh uh You can even be under attack, 
like Samson was with Delilah. And she vexed his soul until he told her his spiritual secret to his strength. Why was Samson in that position? Because his body was out of alignment. Your computer can have you out of alignment. Your text messages can have you out of alignment. Your emails can have you out of alignment. Your cable channel can have you out of alignment. Well, I didn't go there in my flesh. He who looks upon a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. Now his spirit's out of alignment. Because he's tied herself, himself together with a harlot. And a woman can tie herself together with a gigolo. It's no different. This is not thing one gender or the other. One of the biggest problems right now in pornographic circles in the Christian community is women, in addition to men now. Oh, yes. You know what? This is an interesting statistic. Do you know when pornography use at hotels spikes? What? Pornography use at hotels in visiting cities spikes at hotels, not when the world. Christian conventions. It spikes upward because they're in the hotel alone. It's just them and the telly. That ain't telling. Unless you look at the folio on the bill and they say, that wasn't my room. I didn't rent four movies. Do you know why it doesn't spike when the world goes there? Because they're out at the strip clubs. There was a three-dimensional flesh and blood breathing model. You know know why Christians are unhealthy? Because we don't smoke, drink, or chew, or go with girls who do. Right? So our bodies are out of alignment with God. We go to the false comforters of food. Can can I tell the truth? And then we come in the healing line. And then we come to the healing line we're like, I don't know why God's promises aren't working for me. <laughs> How many donuts do you have on the way here? Oh, Lord. Uh. Oh, David. Well, six. They were on sale. <laughs> but I drank some milk with them. Uh. I didn't want to eat naked carbs. I had to have some protein. <laughs> you know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me the other night? What's that? I wasn't happy about my own weight. Now you might say, well, David, you're in good shape, this and that. Well, you know, outward appearances can be deceiving. Right. I am not comfortable with the way I've been feeling lately. Okay. And you know what? I haven't been exercising right. I'm out of alignment in my body. Uh-huh. My spirit's been good. My soul's even been good. Uh-huh. But my body has been lethargic. You know what it does? It negatively affects me in my prayer life. Okay. And if your soul's not right, it will torment you in your prayer life until you repent of those things. Wow. Unless your conscience has just been seared with a hot iron, then you don't know the difference. Wow, that's right. That's good. That's good. And so I said, Lord, what is wrong? I put on 8 or 10 pounds and I feel lethargic. I feel sluggish, slow. I don't have energy like I normally do. Right. You know, a pastor or a man of God or a woman of God, they can drag themselves to the pulpit. 
And the minute they step in, the anointing hits them and they're under that nitrous oxide. And it can be deceiving. Because you can crawl into the pulpit, the anointing hits you, it's not your ability at that point anyway. Then the anointing starts to lift after you come out of the pulpit. Right? Okay, starts to lift. Start to subside. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, you're worse condition than when you stepped into the pulpit. Wow. Because you've got to be in shape to carry the anointing. You, sure do. you know why? This is a statistic also. Um, little stats tonight. 98%, 93% of all stats are false. But uh, I think this one's accurate. They put electrodes on a preacher and they found out that in one hour, he burns eight hours of energy wow. when he's preaching. Yes. Wow. Yes. When I, when I come out of the pulpit, I'm hungry. Well, yeah. I mean, the anointings flowed through me, but I'm going to tell you something else. I don't really believe a man does eight hours worth of work in the pulpit. I believe the anointing is what activates those nodes and those receptors. And they're like, well, we're picking up all kinds of energy. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit because He is an energy. Yes, yes, correct. You ever felt when people lay hands on you, whoo, power of God hits you? It's like an electricity. Yeah. Unless it's some preacher who ain't got nothing. Uh, empty hands on empty heads might be your fault too (laughs) hey I'm going to tell you I'll be honest with you there are some times when I lay hands on people and I'm like I'm not prayed up okay give me 15 minutes in tongues let me come back and pray for you again bam leave your cell phone off the charger for a couple days see how many calls you can make (laughs) get that thing plugged in for 15 minutes you can get a 911 call off like that. That's good. That's good. You've got to get back into alignment. That's good. Amen. Your soul, Psalm 63.1. Oh God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. Yes. My soul yes. thirsteth for Thee. Yes. My flesh longeth for Thee in a dry and a thirsty land mm. where no water is. Mm. Praise God. God wants the best for you and me. If we'll give Him the first fruits, He'll give us the harvest. If we'll give Him the first fruits of our day, this is not about money. It's about your heart. Where your treasure is, there also your heart is. You know, recently, I got a donation in. And it was assigned to me. And I needed the money at the moment. And the Lord told me to give 50% of it away. And I said, I rebuke you, Satan. (laughs) I knew it couldn't be God. (laughs) And I was going to give a quarter of it away, which was more than a tenth. But see, when you're called to something higher, He'll cause you... (laughs) He'll stretch you like Gumby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I went and preached for five services. They'll tell you this. Yeah, yeah. And Jeff, how much was the offering assigned for me out of five services? One dollar. One dollar. I got a dollar. Hold on. And when I took the offer, because you know, when I get the offering in, I put it in, we operate in integrity. I give it to Jeff the president, and where it's earmarked is where it goes. If it goes to another ministry, Africa, this or that. Anyway, out of the offering, and, and the church had uh, truth, church had given me $125 separately for preaching. Long story short, out of this offering. One dollar. Hold on. Here's the funny part. I get to the bank and I hand them the offering envelopes from Eagle Heart Fellowship and then five services on the road for my dollar and 20 cents a service. Good Lord. Knocking it down. Knocking it down. 
It's okay. I only drove six and a half hours. I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. But <laughs> Hold on. So I get to the bank and they count the money. This is really funny. I don't know if I told you this. They said, um, everything was close, but there was a dollar short. And I said, that's fine. I mean, we never even found the dollar I had. <laughs> so anyway, I get, we get an online donation. I think it's the largest online donation we've ever got. Online donation is the largest we've ever gotten in the history of our ministry after I left that city. Praise God. Hold on. It was for me. What? It was for me because you can donate for David Arabedian on there to meet his needs and expenses. And so I get that and I'm thinking, well, maybe it's a clerical error with one too many zeros, right? Okay, so I needed to call the donor to find out donor intent. I looked at the time and it was like 11.50 at night. They, um, maybe, you know, they, they didn't see it. They went to bed. So I call for donor intent, leave a message. Don't know if it was a clerical typo when you entered it in, but we want to know donor intent, this and that, blah, 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 blah. I tell Jeff, I'm like, let's spend the entire amount on Bibles, right? Uh -huh. And so you get done, I call the person and the person says, no, no clerical error. I was listening to one of your CDs that you'd given me in California and the anointing was so strong on the CD, the Lord spoke to me to give that amount at the end of the year. I'm not currently attending a church, but I am a tither and I put my first fruits aside into a separate account because I don't touch the tenth. And when I go to a service, if I'm going to give, I give an offering out of my savings because my tithe is not mine. Wow. Right. Wow. Anyway, so we'd sewed it to Bible. And then I looked. I'm like, wait a second. That donation was for what? me. What? But see, God tricked me on purpose. Uh. And I know harvest is coming. Hallelujah. But the good news is this. When we are obedient to the Lord, the blessings yes. literally yes. chase us down and overtake us. Matthew 6.33 But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. When your flesh is desiring things and it's not seeking the Lord, you got to go get them. And guess what? Guess who has to follow your flesh? Your soul. And guess who's in tow as Slave. Your spirit. Your spirit. And then we wonder why God doesn't bless. But when we seek first the kingdom of God, our spirit is holy. Our soul becomes happy and our body starts to become healthy. Now, is there spiritual warfare? Sure, you have to contend for these things. You have an external force that's working against you. The good news is you have an internal force called the Holy Spirit. He is the third person of the Godhead and He is the present day power on the earth that empowers you to overcome every situation because 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is He that's in you than He that's within the world. Body. 1 Timothy 4, 8, King James Version. For bodily exercise profiteth little. The word little there is for a season. It won't profit you to get into eternity because... Might I say this? Mm -hmm. This really liberated me when I heard it. Your flesh will never know God as Father. 
Now your spirit knows God as Father. Your soul will know God as Father. But your flesh will never go know God as Father because flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. We will put off this terrestrial body and we'll put on a celestial one. In the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed and transformed. Yes. Amen. And so you can pump it up. You can soup it up. Right? You can steroid it up. And it's good to take care of your body. But it's not going to heaven. Now that doesn't mean you don't take care of it while you're on the earth. Otherwise, if you don't, it might get you to heaven quicker. Wow. People say to me, well, David, do you think cigarette smoking will send me to hell? I'm like, no, not at all. If you're born again, you're going to heaven. Go heaven. Matter of fact, you keep smoking them, you might get there quicker. Quicker. Right. Right. <laughs> Amen? Amen. <laughs> Bodily exercise is of some profit. New International Version says, for physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life, and the life to come. It doesn't matter how much training you do with your flesh, it's not going to profit you in the life to come. But the training you do with your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and these are verses you and I should have memorized. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God, that you... Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed through the renewing of your mind, that you might know what is that good, well-pleasing, and perfect will of God. The good, the better, and the best. Yes. The outer courts, the inner courts, and the holy of holies. Yes. The body, the soul, the spirit. Yes. The natural light, the candle light, and the supernatural light. Wow. The milk in the outer courts, the hamburger and fries in the inner courts, and the strong meat in the holy of holies. Yes. Egypt in the outer courts of your flesh. The wilderness where God gets the wild in us out of your soul. And Canaan land where there's milk and honey yes. in your spirit. And thanksgiving in the outer courts with your flesh. Praise in the inner courts with your soul. And worship with your spirit in the Holy of Holies. That those that worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. The 30-fold harvest in the outer courts. The 60-fold harvest in the inner courts. And the 100-fold harvest in the Holy of Holies. In the outer courts you talk about the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... Let me tell you what I did in high school in 1942. <laughs> I was captain of this. Uh-huh. Man, you can't even get out of your walker right now. See. And you're 57. See. See, in the outer courts we talk about the past. See. In the inner courts we talk about the present. Amen. And it's normally about us. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Present tense, let me tell you what I did today. My accomplishments. Let me tell you what me, myself, and I accomplished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The unholy trinity, we were strong today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come, let us worship and bow down yeah. to me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. For we are God. And I got the I love me wall in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
but in the Holy of Holies. We talk about the future of things to come. Yes. And He is the God who was, who is, and is to come. And He's in all three courts. He's the God who hath delivered us. He's the God who does deliver us. And He's the God that will yet deliver us. He delivers us in the outer courts from our fleshly ways. He delivers us in the inner courts of our soulless ways. And He delivers us in the Holy of Holies where deep calls unto deep and the noise of His waters about all the waves and billows of His presence wash over us. Psalms 42, 7. Yes, yes, yes. Spirit. For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perisheth, the inward man is renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians 4.16 Soul, Romans 12.2 Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will. You want to know why some people, you you recognize the true will of God and they can't see it? Because they're not renewed in their mind. You point something out to them and they're like, "That's, that's not, you're crazy. They look at you like you got five heads. You're like, what's right here in the Word? That's not what it means. Wow. What do you mean that's not what it means? See, they can't see. The veil of their flesh has blinded the minds of those that are perishing. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those that are perishing. You have to labor to enter into His rest. And what is the rest? Is it the peace of God? Yes. Yes. You know what I think it also is? I think it's the remainder that you've missed because you've been in the outer courts. If you labor to get through your fleshly desires, that tag in the back of your shirt, and and the the, the creaking and the knee, and, and the this and that, and you get through that and you forget about your flesh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's now become slave. Jesus. And it serves you mm. instead of you meeting its needs. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory. And now the soul, you've got to deal with that. You've got to labor to enter in yes. to the rest of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That always troubled me. Labor to enter into the rest. Didn't make sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got to labor to get out of the flesh yeah, to get into the spirit. Yeah, you do. And as you labor, all of a sudden the flesh is no longer speaking. He's become silent. Or she's become silent. And now the soul is being dealt with by the Lord. And you've got to repent. You've got to forgive people. You've got to lay down offenses. Because great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. But you don't know what they did to me. Who cares? What did you do to Christ before he came? Hallelujah! But, but they haven't repented while we were yet still sinner. Christ died for us. My God, my God. Yeah. How much of Christ is in you? Mm. Oh, he's that pilot light in there. You couldn't cook an egg on that thing. <laughs> Peter's shadow healed the sick and cast out devils. Jesus. Peter moved from the outer courts of his flesh. Yeah. Well, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. We're not going to throw our nets back in the water. What are you, crazy? You're not even a fisherman. You're a rabbi, for God's sakes. This is our trade. We know what we're doing. That makes no logical sense, Jesus. We've had a bad night. Here you come with this crazy word. Launch out in the deep. Throw out our nets for a big drought of fishes. Who do you think you... I'm going to yield myself in my flesh. Nevertheless, at your word. If it's in the word, do it. It'll work. Yes. And so they launched out in the deep. And Peter left the outer courts of obedient faith to what the Word says. And they caught a great drought of fishes and he got called into the ministry. You want to know why some of us haven't been called into the ministry when we've all been given the ministry of reconciliation? Well, wait a second. 
If we're called into the ministry, yet we haven't been called into the ministry yet, how can that be? Because we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. Because our flesh is in the way of our ministry. Okay. Our soul, our stinking thinking, is in the way of our ministry. And if we would get obedient in our flesh and begin to do it at His Word, even though it doesn't make sense, the ministry of reconciliation will begin to flow through us unto others. Oh, this is good. I like this. Outer courts obedient faith then catapulted Peter into the inner courts of experimental faith. By the way, that was Luke chapter 5 we just read from verbally. Nevertheless, if thy word will cast out our... Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 28. In the inner courts, there's experimental faith. Jesus, if that's you walking on the water, bid me to come. I want to do it too. I got obedient, now I'm getting a little risky. See, faith is spelled four letters. R-I-S-K. How much risk do you have? What do you mean? Don't bow down. They'll throw you in the lion's den. R-I-S-K. I'd rather risk it for God than bow down to a pagan idol of gold. I'm not doing it. Even if I burn, I won't do it. But my God is able to deliver me. Because I heard Him speak and I won't bow down. Daniel, don't pray to any other God. What? I'm only praying to the one true God. These pagan gods can't save me. Yeah. They, they didn't die for me on a cross. Yes. I'm going to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I'm not going to pray secretly. I'm going to get out on the porch where everybody can see me. R-I-S-K, faith. Yes. Yeah. Good. And so Peter says, bid me to come if it's you. And Jesus says, come. come so he leaves the boat and begins to experiment yes. with Jesus. Yes. And he's walking on water. But then the attack comes. You go to lay hands on the sick. Jesus has spoken. You're out there experimenting. And a couple of them get healed. And then you get stumped by one that doesn't get healed. And the other 11 who haven't laid hands on anybody are back in the boat of safety. You're out there risking it for Jesus. But the religious folks are safely in the ark doing nothing. But you're the fool. Who's preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost? The other 11 or Peter? The man or woman who risks it for Jesus may have some collateral damage. They may look like fools from time to time. They may sink into the water of life circumstances. But the minute they call on Jesus and say, Jesus, what happened? Help me, save me. He picks them up, tosses them back in the boat, and instantly they're to the other side. Whoa. Quantum physics. Jesus style. Because... He's outside. Yeah, he's inside. Yes. Because, boom. You know, it's interesting. You go from this side of the planet, Terry Constellation, to this side. It takes a long time. But if you fold it in half and you punch through, you can pop out right on the other side. (laughs) He's outside of eternity. Hallelujah. Oh, that's exciting. We've limited him. Yes, we have. Glory to God. So outer courts, obedient faith, God says it, I believe it. That settles it. I'm doing it. I'm tithing. I'm preaching the gospel. I'm doing this. I'm going to treat my wife right. I'm going to turn the other chair. Hey, just do the Beatitudes. You do that, amazing things will happen. You know what? Things will change at work. 
bless those who curse you. What do you mean? They said that about me. Let me tell you what they did. Flesh yeah. is king. My God, hallelujah. You know what they said about you? Oh, it doesn't matter. Great peace have they which love thy law. Nothing shall offend them. Psalms 119, 165. <laughs> That's the word. I'm obedient. Bless those who curse you. You know, they curse you. Oh, bless them. Bless their hearts. They don't forgive them. They know not what they do. They don't know. You know what? I think I'm getting them flowers. Yes. And you know what? Hmm. I think I think I'll have their car washed. Wow. Flesh is definitely crumbling under that one. Two dogs. One's a big dog. One's a small dog. Neighboring houses. The big dog is always attacking the small dog. The neighbor goes away, leaves the care of his dog in the neighbor's hands. The neighbor who's tired of the little dog, his dog getting beat up by the big dog on a regular basis, decides he's going to begin to strengthen and feed the small dog while starving the big dog. Three weeks goes by. The man comes back. His dog is scrawny and small. And the man's dog is strong now and is whooping the other dog daily. So you got two dogs in you. You got the lion of the tribe of Judah that you've been starving. And you got the dog of the flesh that you've been feeding. And you wonder why you don't have victory. Starve that big nasty dog of the flesh down. Make him servant and treat the king of kings by feeding your spirit man. And watch next time that flesh rises up and barks. You'll be like, ah! Because a lion ain't afraid of a dog. Yeah. Wow. Okay, we're closing. <laughs> Philippians 4, 5. Let your moderation be made known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart, your spirit, yes. and your minds through Christ Jesus. Yes. If you don't have peace, pray in the spirit yes. until you get it. Yes. And if stuff starts bubbling up in your soul while you're praying... Don't get angry. Say, you know what? I repent for that. Get it out of me. I need deliverance. Boil it out of my spirit where it bubbles up in and through my mind, my will, and my emotions. And then it begins to flood my body to where when people see me, they see Jesus. They see Jesus. Outer courts, Peter, obedient faith. Inner courts, experimental faith. He walks on water. Holy of holies, commanding faith. At the gate beautiful, Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. Peter sees the man at the gate beautiful. He's with John. And the man has been carried to the temple daily begging alms. Yes. And Peter says these words. Silver and gold, Silver and gold have I none. Yes. But such as I have give I thee. I've been with Jesus. Ah, glory, glory. These men are ignorant and untrained men. But we know they've been with Jesus, Acts 4.13 says. How did they know? Because of what happened in Acts 3. Yes. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none. Hallelujah. But such as I have give I thee. Yes. Lord, if it be thy will, <laughs> if there's any ounce of healing power left in the reservoirs of heaven, <laughs> if you could just bend your ear and have mercy on us begging sinners. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to offend.
asking for what Jesus died for us for. All those body parts in heaven that we're going to go up and view in the museum. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. I got it in the secret place of the Most High. I heard from heaven. I saw the future earlier today in prayer. And this is your day, son. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he picked him by the hand and immediately strength came into his ankle bones and he began to walk and leap and praise God. Yes, yes, yes. Where are you at today? Are you still working on obedient faith on the basics? Your flesh is king. If you've got the obedient faith on the basics, your flesh is in submission. Now God wants to work in your soul to get you renewed in the spirit of your mind through the washing of the water of the word so he can get rid of the stinking thinking and he can wash you and give you the mind of Christ that bubbles up from within your spirit. Yes, yes, yes. And if you're there, he's calling you to fellowship because in the outer courts it's ask and in the inner courts it's seek and in the Holy of Holies it's not. Yes, hallelujah. Because everyone that asks receives things they know. Everyone who seeks finds revelation in the scripture and everyone who knocks and makes it through the veil of their flesh and labors to enter in experiences the rest of God. Do you want the rest of him? Are you happy with living just a 15 minute charge on your phone? Get a full charge. Use all the functionality of the kingdom. Let us stand. Triple alignment. Spirit, soul, and body. Lined up with the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We're going to pray. We're going to repent for allowing our flesh to even talk to us longer than we should. Because some of us have been necromancing with our flesh. What do you mean necromancing? You are crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who lives. But it's Christ Jesus who lives in you. And the life that you now live in the flesh, you live by faith in the Son of God who loves you and cherishes you. And when you allow your flesh to speak to you, to give somebody the Hawaiian good luck sign on the road who cuts you off, you're necromancing with the dead because you're crucified with Christ. Fasting destroys the yokes on these things. Isaiah chapter 58. And if you can't fast, that means you probably need to. And if you have an issue on a health issue, have somebody fast for you until you're healed and then fast for somebody else. Or fast television. Or fast soap operas. Fast something for Jesus. And watch how the rest of your life gets into alignment. Spirit is king. Soul is servant and body is slave. Right now, in the name of Jesus, raise your hands up to the Lord. There we go. See, your flesh has just submitted to your soul, which told it to raise its hands up. And why? At the leading of the Spirit, it's a sign of absolute surrender unto Jesus, who's the King of Kings. And Lord of Lords, Lord, we repent for serving the voice of our flesh. We repent 
for yielding to the multifaceted voices in our soul that have come to try to reason and ration and justify and live by sight, which is not pleasing to you. We thank you for practical wisdom, but now we thank you for the wisdom that comes down from God. The wisdom that says, bless those that curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Turn the other cheek. The wisdom of Jesus in the Beatitudes, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Infallible truths that work. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, we love your word. We love your people even when they're unlovable like we've been unlovable at times. And we ask you to forgive us for being judgmental in our souls to those that are in need of a Savior. We might be the only Bible they'll ever read. Lord, we repent for not being a pure translation at times. We repent for confusing people with our lifestyles when we're supposed to be living epistles seen and read of all men. Lord, we repent for arguing over Bible translations when our lifestyle has been one of the most confusing translations on the planet as a living Bible. We now say, Lord, bring us back into alignment. Bring us into triple alignment, spirit, soul, and body that we're a triple braided cord that cannot be quickly broken, that we're a house that's no longer divided against itself, but a house that stands in alignment with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I command right now under the sound of my voice, your spirit man to come to the forefront and to take its leadership position now in Jesus' name. I declare your spirit made in the image and likeness of the Lord. You're a king and a priest under your God. You're a king because it's in leadership over your soul and over your body. You're a king and a priest that intercedes in prayer. You're a king and a priest in submission to the King of kings and Lord of lords who died for you on a cross and said, here's your manumission papers. I bought you to set you free. I declare freedom from sickness, freedom from addictions, freedom from bondage, freedom from wrong thinking. I declare freedom and liberty to you this day. In the mighty name of Jesus, be free as we move into the new year to move down the new year in alignment with Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Divine alignment in spirit in soul and in body. And those in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Final illustration as we close. This is what the devil promises you. Have you ever seen a funnel with the wide side and you put things in the wide side and they come out the small side? Have you ever tried to put things in the small side? Doesn't really work, does it? Remember one day we were at the gas station and my brother, we were young, my brother was about 15 and my mom says, we need a quart of oil. And it just started to change where, you know, they didn't have full service where those four people come out and do your windshield and everything. Some of you don't remember that. Okay. 
Yeah, we had reel-to-reel tapes, eight tracks back then, phonograph records, rotary phones, party lines. Okay, if that's foreign to you, Google it. YouTube it. Anyway, so my brother goes to put a quart of oil in. My mother says, that's not where you put it. And he says, well, yeah, it is. She says, no, 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 no. I've seen them. And she goes around and she pulls a little stick out where you check it. She says, it goes in that little hole there. <laughs> and she didn't know because she'd never put any in. Oh, All she'd seen was them check the oil. She'd never seen where they put the oil in. And some of us have never experienced the true liberty in Christ because we've entered the wrong side of the funnel. And here's the illustration. The gate is wide that leads to destruction. But the gate that leads to everlasting life. Strive to enter in at the narrow gate. See, the wide road is promising and it's fool's goal. And the enemy says, come in the wide road. All your friends are on it. But here's what happens. The deeper you get in, the smaller the funnel gets. And the more confined and the more bondage you have and you can't figure out why. But Jesus says, come in the narrow way. And the farther you get into the kingdom, the wider it becomes. And the expanse of His knowledge is so rich. So today, we choose to align with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and we strive to enter into the narrow gate. We contend as with a wrestler and we put our flesh in the lock position and we pin it today and our spirit arises. In Jesus' name, I declare the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon every person right now because greater is He that's within you than he that's within the world. Be blessed as we go today in the mighty name of Jesus. This has been another powerful teaching by David Harabedian. For additional resource material, visit the shop link at davidharabedian.com.